Hello, I am Joshua P. Warren, and this is Joshua P. Warren Daily. My last podcast was about the creepy mystery of the Dyatlov Pass in Russia, and uh, I've been really surprised by the amount of feedback I've gotten. Really great emails and wonderful thoughts, suggestions, theories. One person even sent me a link to some remote viewers who were working on this, totally blind. I mean, didn't know what uh, what the subject was. And uh, pretty much they all came to the same conclusion that this was some kind of a strange object that came from the sky, flaming, producing noxious gases, concussive forces, and um, that Maybe it was some kind of a military experiment gone wrong that the Soviet Union did not want to take credit for. Who knows? But uh, it just goes to show to this day what a significant mystery that is and how it really affects people. And I mentioned in the very beginning of that podcast that there have actually been uh, at least one or two occasions when I have had nightmares or unpleasant sleep by uh, or because of thinking of that incident before I went to bed. And so I got this email that I want to read to you, one of many, but uh, this one in particular says, at the beginning of your podcast, you mentioned, quote, literally inspired nightmares, end quote. But you never expanded on that thought. I can't remember the name, but a few years back on Coast, I remember a guest who talked about bad dreams being a trip to the lower astral plane, where you would encounter lesser spirits, etc., might be a good subject for a podcast. That comes from a listener named Jim. And this is something I'm happy to talk about. Uh, I have alluded to this in various media over the years, but you may or may not know that I am an incredibly vivid dreamer, and it's been that way my entire life. In fact, when I was a kid, like a pretty small kid, I mean, probably like three, four, five, six, you know, even then, I would have what people often call night terrors where I would wake up in the middle of the night in a state of absolute horror and, uh, you know, screaming and flailing about. And uh, there there was no good reason that that should be happening to me. You know, it wasn't like I was raised up in a dungeon somewhere. But uh, I, you know, I do remember my mom and dad putting obstacles around stairs and things like that, afraid that I would go sleepwalking. And so... This has been a a recurring issue throughout my entire life, and uh, it's a very personal thing. I mean, in fact, I suppose it's probably the most personal thing, because you only know what your experience is when it comes to dreaming and the sleep state. And it's so personal that you can't even describe it to anybody else. There may be experiences that you've had in the dream state that made a big impact on you, but you have really no way of expressing it to another. And so, 
I want to tell you, I guess, some of my thoughts about what may be happening in this dream state, but I must give you the caveat that this is only, of course, based upon my own experiences. So I don't know what you're experiencing. Uh, I presume it's similar to mine in certain ways, and maybe it's very different in other ways. So uh, this may or may not sound or strike relevant for you, but uh, I'll do my best just to, you know, give you my own my own point of view on this bizarre thing called dreaming. And that said, you should realize that when I tell you that I am a, a vivid dreamer, I mean 100% of the time. To me, at this point in my life, especially, sleep is synonymous with dreaming. The moment I start to doze off, I start to dream. And it continues uh, until the moment I wake up. And sometimes I think it starts even a few seconds before I'm fully asleep, and then a few seconds after I'm awake. And there is no break. It is nonstop, like I said, and it is one uh, wild ride after another. And some of my experiences dreaming have made it very clear to me that my brain is tapped into other places when I'm dreaming because I have seen things and heard things and experienced things in the dream state that uh, I assure you I could never imagine. It's not coming from within my ability. It's, it's, It's tapping into or seeing something else. So that tells you something, I guess, about the state of my mind, that I have this incredible, incredible dream state that I enter every single time I go to sleep, no matter how short it is, if it's a nap, or if it's a full night's sleep, or sometimes I get really tired, and hell, I'll sleep for a couple of days, doesn't matter, the whole time I'm, I'm having this experience. So what's going on here? Well, I think that this is sort of complicated because there are a number of things happening. There are a combination of things that are occurring at once. So let's start with the most logical one. Number one, your brain is processing data from the day. So that's why a good chunk of your dream experience can be related to things that you have been thinking about or watching or reading, uh, which I believe is probably similar to why maybe you'd sit around and watch a documentary about the diet law of past, and then you have a creepy dream about it, or in that case, maybe a nightmare. But uh, maybe you watch a documentary on Discovery Channel about snakes, and then you dream about snakes. I mean, this sort of thing is very common. We can all relate to that to some degree, I imagine. And so that is the the number one thing that's happening, is the information, the perceptions of the day are simply being processed and stored away. And so in the, in, in the process of them being processed, uh, they're being reviewed as they make it into whatever part of the brain 
where they're stored or into the Akashic record or whatever. So that's kind of a given, and I think that uh, anybody who studies dreaming would agree with that. Number two is there is some mechanism by which a large amount of the energy available in your body is being directed to healing processes. And I'm talking primarily about physical healing. So if you have a wound, you have an organ that needs some work, you know, you, you have something physical in your body that needs to be healed. Resources are being directed toward that. And so while those, uh, those resources are being directed to that spot where physical healing is necessary, well, they're being sort of pulled away from the mind. And what that means is that your mind is able to sort of drift a little bit. It sort of separates from the physical body because the the physical body is saying, okay, mind, you know, you're getting your certain amount of um, of data processing, but we need even more power devoted to the physical rebuilding of cells and all that. So that's the second thing that's happening. But the second thing leads to the third thing. And the third thing is, because that you have so many resources that are being directed to healing the physical body during sleep, um, your, your mind, and you could even call it your spirit, uh, these are terms that we can toss around and, and discuss all day, but your mind is literally drifting away and it takes with it I think a certain spiritual body. Some people talk about this as an astral body. It's sort of like that your your mind and the level of the physical body that is most closely related to the mind are separating for a minute. So that again, all those resources can be put into physical healing. And so you can almost imagine yourself sort of hovering above your body. And when you do that, a number of things occur. Okay, When your physical body is separated from your mental body, your physical body is what determines the way that you're able to discern this thing we call time, past, present, and future. Because everything is going through the conscious brain, and your conscious brain has to manage experiences by saying well this is a minute this is an hour this is a day this is a week this is a month this is a year and that's why sometimes a year doesn't feel like a year a month doesn't feel like a month I mean there are all kinds of things that can distort that perception but nonetheless um, when the physical body and the conscious mind which is attached to the physical body is trying to process time and the rate at which things happen and the pacing of things and then all of a sudden the mind rises away from that and separates well I think you enter into a realm where you can 
perceive the past and the future in uh, a much clearer way because you're not being so confined by the limits of the physical brain and that's why we have uh, precognition and postcognition to such a, a vivid level in the dream state uh, of course precognition is seeing things before they happen and postcognition is being able to see things after they happen and so uh, time becomes much more irrelevant when the the mind and spirit is removed from the body and so that's the first thing that happens you're able to more easily tap into uh, things from the past or the future um, but aside from that well once your your brain uh, and your well your your brain and your consciousness kind of separate and you can again envision this as like a floating body or something like that above the physical body well then at that point you actually are experiencing the astral plane so nobody knows exactly how to define this but the astral plane is sort of like a a frequency um, that is probably higher probably higher I would imagine I mean literally higher in frequency if you were to somehow measure it than the, the, the dense physical realm and when you appear in that astral realm at a higher frequency well all of a sudden there may be beings nearby that are able to see you and it reminds me of that great quote from the movie the mothman prophecies where the guy says why are these creatures targeting me and the expert says you notice them and they notice you because you notice them and so right off the bat there may be beings that see some part of you is now accessible because that you are sort of materializing in a stronger way to a greater degree within that frequency at that time and so you may have interactions with beings that usually reside at that astral plane frequency and this can be good or bad depending on the situation because some of these beings might be uh, enlightened and positive and some of them might be like parasites what you'd almost think of as something demonic that wants to try to latch on to your spirit now that it's apparent now that it's visible and uh and and, and take the energy away from it almost like a, an attack in the middle of the night but beyond that beyond whether or not you actually do end up uh, interacting in some way good or bad with these beings that are always sort of uh, drifting around on the astral plane when you are there when you are there I think there are times where you're able to just experience the astral plane as a whole other dimension it's like some kind of amazing video game where there are other lands that you can see 
there are other lights, colors that you can perceive that you can't even uh, really condense into a description here in, in our slice of the spectrum. Um, there are pieces of music that you can hear. There are feelings that you can have that are all feelings that are coming from dimensions that we are not able to... I don't want to say we're not able to experience, but we're not able to fully experience within our day-to-day life here in this realm and we're certainly not able to communicate them properly I mean uh, people attempt to do that through art uh, through music through paintings through sculpture through poetry spoken word I mean people try to capture it and uh, a lot of people have done a very good job but there's no substitute for the real thing for actually being there in the astral plane and at that frequency at that time being able to see hear feel you know experience these other landscapes of uh, existence and some of them yeah some of them are good because they uplift you and some of them are bad because they're attacking you and we model the way we live here in this dimension upon that that's why sometimes you feel like going to see a comedy and sometimes you go watch a sad movie isn't that kind of weird why do people watch sad movies why would you do that to yourself but we do we go to watch a movie we know oh this is going to be horrible it's going to be sad it's going to make me cry i'm going to watch old yeller why do we do that Well, we do it because we just like the feeling of feeling, right? We like exploring all the emotions. And uh, I guess that's what makes us feel alive. That's why people do all kinds of crazy shit all the time, right? Because it just makes them feel alive. They get to feel a rush. They get to feel something. And they don't feel numb. And so... I think in a nutshell, that's sort of what's happening. Those three things. Number one, your brain is processing data from the day. Which again goes back to like, okay, I I watched a movie about Willy Wonka and now I'm having a dream and Willy Wonka and I are on a boat together. Number two is the healing energy is being directed to your physical body. So whatever energy that you have in you is... It's going to repair cells, and so it's sort of separating itself from the mind, which leads to number three. That allows the mind to sort of drift away into the astral realm, and that's where you can see parts of the future, the past, precognition, postcognition. You can interact with other beings in that astral realm, and then you can even travel, so to speak, within that astral realm to experience landscapes, compositions, feelings, things that uh, otherwise would be impossible to uh, 
to process or explain here. And I have no doubt that what I'm telling you has has truth uh, because I have had so many dreams that have come true. And some of them are very, very specific. Like the time that I had a dream, I went to the roulette table and, and put my money on number 15. Only time in my life I've ever dreamed that. So guess what? You know, I went down and I put my money on number 15 and I won a hell of a lot of money. But even going back to when I was a kid, there were experiences where I was able to see the future. Like I had a science teacher who I just, you know, this may seem kind of mundane, but I remember having this dream where she pulled up a stool in front of the class and said, I'm not going to be your teacher anymore because I'm moving on to such and such other job. And then the next day it happened. Um, I mean, I have no doubt that there is truth to what I'm telling you. And a part of life is uh, dealing with how to tap into that. Now, maybe you're a person who doesn't dream at all. If that's the case, you're probably blessed because dreaming the way that I dream again it's a blessing but it's probably more of a curse because I never feel like I get a good night's rest I'm always tossing and turning and you know while I'm awake I'm distracted by all these thoughts and ambitions and things and then at night same thing I can't ever turn it off it just goes on and on throughout the night but in the night it's even crazier and not necessarily just the night it's just whenever I'm asleep so are nightmares the product of just dense dark hellish places well perhaps perhaps but all that stuff is a matter of um, point of view subjectivity it's a matter of like where am I and how do I view this and how is it really going to affect the way that I feel so again I think if a parasite latches onto you and it's you know basically attacking you then yeah you're not going to feel very good about it I have of course an ebook that I, I love to talk about I released it earlier this year it's called finding your magic and one of the things I talk about in this ebook is the idea of lucid dreaming how that you know most of the time when I dream I don't know that I'm dreaming but once in a while, suddenly I do realize that I'm dreaming. And when I realize that, then all of a sudden I can take control and I can actually manipulate the dream. And I can have a lot of fun with it at that point. I can do whatever the hell I want. I had one last night, as a matter of fact. And it's a lot of fun when you know that you're lucid dreaming. But uh, when you're lucid dreaming, you know that what you're experiencing is something you can control and then you wake up and you're like oh well the dream's over but one thing that I write about in the book is that well wait a second what if the dream is not over what if this is just another dream this thing right now that you and I are calling life is just another version of the dream and that you can actually also become lucid in this version of the dream and start controlling it. And boy, you might be surprised 
by how much you can control it. And that's why my book, Finding Your Magic, is about, you know, hacking reality, you know, lucidly going in there and, 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 you know, becoming a lucid person in this reality. So I hope that you, if you've not read Finding Your Magic, you need to read it. Um, You'll love it. It'll tell you a lot about yourself. There's some personality tests in there. If you have read it, go back and read it again. Uh, If you go to joshuapwarren.com, joshuapwarren.com, you can click the link to the curiosity shop there and scroll down and you, you will discover Finding Your Magic, which you can download instantly. Um, I'm going to wrap up this podcast, but I want to tell you a couple of things first. Uh, for one thing, I have a really fascinating trip coming up in a little over a week. I'm going to be flying to a snowy northern territory, and I'm going there for a very particular reason. And sometimes when I go on missions like this, I go there and I keep them sort of secret until I get back. Well, this time I'm not going to do that. This time I'm going to tell you along the way. I'm going to keep you informed with me. I'm going to take you on this journey with me. Even if I have to just pick up my cell phone and you know call in from a bathroom somewhere along the way or whatever, I'm going to keep you informed. So know that you have that to look forward to. Uh, I'll tell you more about that in the next few days. The second thing I want to tell you is that the Brown Mountain Lights wind chimes created by my mother and father, Danny and Peggy Warren, who are folk artists in West North Carolina, have become a huge hit. Big holiday bestsellers. And Mobius, bless his heart, has been working like a crazy man shipping these things out immediately as the orders come in immediately i mean uh i don't even know when he's sleeping i mean as soon as an order comes in he gets it and he boom they're made and they're in the so i feel confident in telling you that wherever you are in the world if you are lucky enough to get one of these mystical brown mountain lights wind chimes you will have it well well in time for Christmas and uh, it'll be one of those rare things like in five years you will say holy shit this thing is worth ten times more than I paid for it trust me I swear it's a work of art and if you don't know what I'm talking about go to joshuapwarren.com click the link to the curiosity shop scroll down scroll all the way down there and you'll see the video and the link for more information on these brown mountain lights wind chimes that's just some of the cool stuff you'll find at joshuapwarren.com including a link to this podcast it's always short always free called joshua p warren daily and if you click that link you can subscribe through various means or just follow me on twitter at joshua p warren at joshua p warren and i will tweet when a new one is available so thank you for listening thank you for your interest and support thank you for staying curious 
and I will talk to you again soon.